Welcome to the Focus Forward Business Podcast for StudyMcKee.com. Hey, so welcome. I am so glad to have Tim Spooner, uh, CEO, founder, president of Spooner PT here with us on the Focus Forward Business Podcast. Uh, I am Stuart McKee, business coach and advisor and your host for the Focus Forward Business Podcast. Thanks for being here, Tim. Thank you, Sturdy. It's uh, always a pleasure to, to, to see you and, uh, and and also to associate with other business owners and people interested in, um, you know, not only how business runs, but uh, how they can uh, progress their business. Well, yeah, thank you. I, I love that. So will you tell our listeners uh, who you are, a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, well, formally trained as a physical therapist, I started school in physical therapy 30 years ago, and we have grown now into a 22 location um, practice here in the Phoenix metropolitan area um, in Arizona. And we have, gosh, uh, you know, over 140 providers, uh, and we take care of everything. We have specialists on everything from hands to women's health, breast cancer, uh, pediatrics, uh, you name it, sports and ortho, obviously, um, is a big, big part of what we do as well. Um, so we, we take care of our communities, and we've always tried to focus on that and then help, uh, help uh, light the fire and the passion uh, of the therapists that work for us and really what they want to be great at. Cool. So how did you get started in business, and was Spinner PT your first business? First formal business, yes. Uh, I mean, okay. I was uh, I did some contracting and some other things as an independent sure. contractor, but uh, in terms of running a full fledged business, Spooner was my Spooner PT was my first business, and I got started um, having worked in the healthcare just a brief time for about four years, and realized that I wanted to deliver a different level of customer service, a different level of of experience for the patient um and you know i want people to be i want people to be treated how i would want to be treated so we we founded and and started that way um and as our company grew it's it's just become a very key part of our fabric and of our culture well so you told us why you decided but do you wish you had done anything differently at all in the beginning it, it's, it's a great question. It's uh, when you look at hindsight, you you realize the mistakes you made. That's 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 an obvious one. Sure. Um, I don't think you can ever be fully prepared, um, or if you are fully prepared, you're probably too hesitant and miss your opportunity. Um, and so I I don't regret anything that we've done. I would have probably you know been a little bit more aggressive in possibly the in pursuing. You know different avenues of growth as a as a profession, um, but you can only grow, I guess, is to what your skills are. And mm-hmm. you know, my first and foremost is I was a clinician, so I was in the clinic all day long. So growing the business was always tough uh, in the beginning. Sure. So how did you make a transition into working on the business? Um, well, first of all, I'm surrounded by great people, and and. Um, as I empowered them to grow, um, you know, they kind of took over a lot of things I was doing and forced me to grow. Um, and okay. as the business grows, you need to develop a different skill set, things that I was not well versed in, in terms of communication, um, you know, technology, uh, how to run and empower people. 
uh, I, you know, those were things that I was, I was really good at running myself, but um, not necessarily running a team. And so there was, there was a lot of things that I had to learn uh, in order to grow and perpetuate the company. So beyond just skills acquisition, was there any like change or transformation in how you viewed yourself and your role as things evolved? Yes, uh, 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 obviously. Can you tell I us mean, about that? Sure. I'm not sure I mean, that's it, obvious it, to everybody, so I'd love for you to yeah. expound, expand on um, that. Well, it, when you all of a sudden have 50 people under you or 100 people, or in this case now we're at 350, they, it, they, they, they expect me to make good decisions for their well-being, for their livelihood. Um, so I could be selfish and see 15, 20 patients a day, mm-hmm. which gave me satisfaction, but I needed to make decisions that impacted not only the 300 people plus that work for us, but the thousands of patients that we take care of as well. And so once I started to make that transition, um, it became more about helping them and growing them and which challenged me to get outside of my box, my comfort zone into uh, working with other business uh, leaders and stuff in the community. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people, you know, different stages, right? Listening to this and you've been at these different stages. I've experienced quite a number of them. Um, What advice would you give a business owner who's currently struggling with not having enough time to like spend on the business to spend on the business to spend well, working on never, the business yeah and say so if you never if you never time to spend on the business you'll you'll always be challenged and the funny thing is is that uh, from when i started to now um there's no change in time uh you right. know time right. is a finite quantity and and it is a quantity of uh that leaves us as soon as uh um, it, you know, as soon as it appears. So you have to take advantage of that. And I think it's really important. And, you know, some people say, well, grow, 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 grow. And that's not always for everyone. I think that's important for people to say, look, if you've got a great practice and you're earning the, the living you want to make and having the lifestyle you want to live and, and it works for you, then great. You know, not not every not every company or every person is built to, you know, scale to a to one of these large uh, entities that are out there. Well, so we were talking a little bit earlier about one of the challenges for many business owners right now is the spending spending on healthcare. Um, you know, it's if it's not top of mind, it's up there on the list somewhere. Um, can you maybe share with the non PTs? what they might be able to do around that, how, how they might, I mean, I know you're an expert, you deal with this stuff, so. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that. great question, and it, and it truly is. If, you know, it, it is normally a top three to five on your P&L. Um, people mm-hmm. always talk about their employees being the most important asset they have, and that's very true. Um, and they have maintenance programs for their facilities, for IT. Um, but what do they have for their human capital? What's their maintenance program for that? What are they doing? And if we think the little card that we get from our insurance carrier um, is healthcare, we're <laughs> right. sadly mistaken. <laughs> right, right. You know, that is just a, that is a piece of plastic that allows a transaction to occur. And a lot of times, 
very inefficient, costly, and wasteful transaction. And I would I would I would empower any business owner to start asking questions and network with those around that are doing really great things in healthcare by asking questions of why does this cost so much? How much is this going to cost? Where do I get the best value? Um, and when we start asking questions where we get the right care at the right time with the right clinician, we're gonna find, we're gonna get the right value. And business owners can do this any day, all day. They may not think they're in the healthcare business, but if you're self-insured, I can guarantee you you're in the healthcare in, in business. Um, and even if your business is growing, you're probably seeing those premiums rise at a very steady rate. Um, and you can look at uh, uh, the earnings over the last two quarters for the major insurers and see the absolute millions of dollars that they're, you know, they're taking in and not spending because mm -hmm. people aren't going to the doctor <clears throat> realize, hmm, what should we do about this? Why are my premiums continuing to go up? And then for the therapists that are listening to realize, wow, here's the best opportunity of our lifetime to make a difference. Because one of the number one spends in group health and certainly the number one in workman's comp is musculoskeletal dysfunction. Right. And we're the experts for that. So why shouldn't we be front and center with a solution with four year employers to, you know, to do that? And that's, that's one of the things that, that we, we have, we have a solution. Um, we have a joint venture with a company called Solve Global, um, which is a national entity. And, and we are working with employers literally around the country now to provide MSD solutions. Very cool. fun. What, what about the, like you brought up the point of the insurance card and then people entering that system and what have you, that's kind of after the fact. Right, that's after that's somebody's true. hurt. That's after something's gone wrong, or they suspect something is. What about right. the prevention side of things? And and that's and that's where we as therapists should be working. We are the biomechanical experts and movement specialists in the medical community. So this is really our wheelhouse. Everyone else wants to do a more expensive and costly <laughs> procedure. Right. Right. We want to do more. We want to take more pictures of things. We want to prescribe biochemical solutions for a biomechanical problem. Um, even after surgical interventions, and there's still going to be surgery. Um, sure. We should have a more efficient way of getting these people in and out of rehab, uh, because today's today's big topic is the pandemic. Well, let's let's be real. We have had an opioid pandemic for the last 15, 20 years that has killed way more people. And if you don't believe me, start looking at the statistics and it affects any and all walks of life. Um, and, you know, it, cause it, it really doesn't, it doesn't behoove or doesn't matter where, where you live or what you do. It, it affects, I mean, we've lost a kid at our high school every year the last three or four years. Yeah, and I guess going back to that idea of the, if you're, if you are a business owner and you're self-insured, it doesn't matter if it's work comp or they get hurt on the softball field or, I mean, and the insurance companies aren't gonna solve a problem up front and try to help you prevent 
those kinds of injuries either. So they are, um, they are, they are not incentivized or no, aligned to help save money. And, and, that's, and that's why when a business owner asks questions of why, they're going to start realizing who's on the right side of change and who's on the wrong side of change. Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. No, that's no, a, I, I love it. And I mean, that's you're a just great making, point. Well, and you're making me think further too, that if you, if you are listening to this and you have a self-funded plan, you're, you're funding your own healthcare for your employees, insurance, you know, insurance, that insurance really, you know, Blue Shield, Cigna, whoever might be managing that is really a third party administrator at this point. That's right? all they are. So their incentives are to do transactions because usually that's how they end up getting paid. So think about that system. Well, you know, act, we look at actually, actually they get paid by charging. Their that's their that's their income, and their spread is on how long they can keep it and how much they pay to providers. There's right. a lot of waste out there. When you look at the MSD industry in America, it's a seven hundred billion dollar industry. And they estimate 25 to 45% of its waste. Well, I was just talking with a friend this weekend and I followed up and uh, I think Dave Chase put out an article that if you're, if you're upset about the spend on healthcare, understand they're always trying to vilify the providers, you know, the physicians, the surgeons, PTs, whoever. The yep. provider ends up with less than 30% of the money you're spending. That is okay. spot and on. That's, Right. And that kind of, I mean, it just brought it home. Right. And that doesn't mean in the provider's pocket, that means like to the private practices and the practices and stuff, which still have administrative fees and overhead and the rest of it. So the end deliverer of the care is getting a tiny, tiny fraction of what you're spending. So maybe contract directly. Okay. That's yeah, our, yeah, our soapbox that, for today. That's right. That's a great solution. <laughs> Throw it yeah. out there. Cool. Um, so Tim, what going back to your story, what's your proudest moment in business? I, you know, part of it is I think my proudest moment is yet to come. Um, you know, we we are we are aligning ourselves to be a disruptor in the, in the healthcare industry and and to really differentiate ourselves as a value provider in a technically a profession that's become commoditized and everyone thinks PT mm -hmm. is PT and it and it provides the same value. Um, and it doesn't. That always fascinates me. People will brag about their accountant or their lawyer and how much they pay and who they are and how skilled they are, but they don't really know how to select a physician or a therapist or somebody. And yeah, you're absolutely right. It's not the same. People come with different skill sets and expertise and levels of learning. Um, and it, well, I think it becomes harder to find that that profession or that professional, excuse me, when they're hidden behind a huge corporate shield. Um, sure. You know, there's there's a very high satisfaction in the physical therapy, you know, patient population, but there's a very, very low patient loyalty in the same breath. Right. Uh, right. And, <laughs> and, 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 as, and as such, it's it's like, well, why, why is that? And... Uh, you know, it, they may have had a great experience, but didn't see the value. I mean, you don't know. It, it, it deserves more. It deserves more research and certainly more, um, more discussion to to elevate that value because that's ultimately how we're going to lift part of the ceiling that is that has uh, been placed upon us by payers, by health insurance companies, um, and allow therapists to earn a earn a more substantial living. 
you're you're making me think back to days when I was practicing and people would say, and this is going to be applicable for all business owners, people would say, um, yeah, I've been to PT before. Oh, when was that? You know, two years ago, where, you know, where down the street, around the corner, whatever, who did you see? Yep. Oh, I don't know, but she was really nice. Yep. Right? <laughs> and it's like yeah. this personal brand, give them your card, correspond, contact information, follow up. You wouldn't dream of, I mean, using a professional that you didn't, you don't, people, I, I, your commoditization comment just really hits a nerve because people come in and don't even know a therapist's name necessarily and then trust that everything's going to be fine. And yeah. you wouldn't do that with an attorney, an accountant, uh, you know, yeah, you just, don't, you, you don't know, switch an engineer. You don't switch dentists every year. You don't right. switch accountants every year. Right. There's a there's a trust and a loyalty that you should be building up year over year and, and over time. And I think the key for our profession is to make sure that you're in an environment where you're allowed to do that, where you're mm -hmm. you're incentivized, encouraged. Right. encouraged to do that. Yeah, um, which is you know it, it sounds simple, but take care of your community. Sure, and that's that makes me think of one of the old McKinsey things of uh, you train, you know, I, I think it was them, but uh, what if we train everybody really well and build them up and they leave? And, you know, the counter to that is what if we don't train them and don't grow them and they stay? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so cool. Um, so how about this? What's the biggest thing you learned recently that you wish you had known 10 or 20 years ago? You know, for me, it's probably, you know, knowing that uh, I've always known that my growth occurs outside my comfort zone, um, but I didn't realize how many opportunities also appeared outside that comfort zone. Hmm. And in really getting into and understanding what direct contracting can mean and how much value we can provide to employers. Now, 15 years ago, I don't know if it would have been possible to even have this subject you know, have to have the discussion. Um, there has certainly been a groundswell, you know, over the last, say, five, 10 years with, you know, people like Dave Chase and Health Rosetta, the Free Market Medical Association, lots of people have been growing and developing things. And now it's now it's time for us individual providers to quit whining about what the insurance reimbursement is, and actually go out and take control of the people that really need to see us, which are mm -hmm. everywhere, and make it easy for them to access our services. Right. And it's likely, I mean, this is another one for the providers, particularly. Um, again, I'm not, uh, this was five years ago or so, but even at that time, Cigna uh, particularly had done a lot of work in this area, and they were bragging about the number of their insureds that weren't really insureds they were they were administrating for and um it was something like 70 percent of the companies they had under you know as clients were self-insured actually and they were acting as this third-party administrator thing so there's a huge number way yeah. more than i think we appreciate of companies out there that are self-funded and you know, this would appeal to them greatly. I would, I would hope sure. you can get their costs way down. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's and cool. Look, and, and if you want to make a fundamental difference in the area you live and work in, mm. school districts are generally self-funded. Your mm. municipalities are self-funded. Your police departments, your fire departments, 
these are people that you probably see ones and twosies from, but what right. if you took, took care of the whole 4,000 people? And now we have to think in terms a little bit more of population management. Mm -hmm. and, and, and how does a physical therapist, a movement specialist, someone who has the skills to do that and, and be able to administer that, how does that work within the system? And that's, to me, that's, that is, if, if you can't get excited about that, um, you're, you're in the wrong profession, I think. Because that, to me, is the most exciting thing we've done in the last 30 years. Well, there are a lot of ways to start approaching that and doing that. That's something I'm working with clients on as well as reimagining what their business is. So beyond and not not doing away with what it currently is, but reimagining what else it could be, because, again, not getting away from that transactional patient care piece of things, but not just doing that necessarily. Correct. There, there's so many other ways to bring value. And, and again, for anybody out there, um, if you think about the, the core thing that you do, are there other things that your target customer needs? Yeah. Other, other things that you could, you could get involved with there. That's great. And, and, ha and how can you work upstream to prevent some of those that you mentioned earlier? Sure. Because um, if you have a mechanism to be in touch with them, communicate with them, you have a tool and a strategy that allows that, then you can keep people healthy and keep them from breaking down too. And that in today's day and age and in the aging workforce of America is, is really critical. Well, it's amazing we haven't, just as a society, spent more time and effort, energy on the prevention on the front end side of things. You know, we've gotten uh, really good at the back end, right? Well, there, I, I don't disagree <laughs> with that. We haven't gotten good at that either. Um, we're, you know, medicine is very good at acute injury, right? Mm -hmm. Break your you break your knee you break your uh, leg they can go in and fix it it'll heal mother nature's been doing that for a while and we rehab that and you're back on your merry way that part of medicine does very good but in the cumulative trauma um, there is no uh, definitive consistent thought pattern um, if you take say plantar fasciitis uh, you know something that pretty much anybody over 40 is going to get it sometime in their life. And the variety of treatments that are tried um, <laughs> and attempted don't even yeah. look at the biomechanical <clears throat> cause, nor do people really understand why did that poor little piece of tissue break down? Right. <clears throat> right. So coming at it from the right way too. Well, cool. Yeah. So will you share with us your, maybe your favorite business book or one that you're reading now? see them on the yeah. shelf yeah it, um if you just pick two maybe yeah <laughs> uh, you know i i think uh there's a couple of them um, leadership and self-deception was what was one of my favorites it really huh. was a key thing for me um to understand my impact on a room and understand how i need to impact my team and so that was a, that was a big book you know for me um, you, know, you mentioned Dave Chase. I think uh, his uh, guide, to, CEO guide to uh, restoring the American dream, was a was a was a kind of a turning point for me as well to really understand understand healthcare a little bit deeper and understand how we can actually have an impact on that. Um, because I'm I'm both a provider and an employer that's self-insured. 
So I'm an I'm in a I'm in a unique position where I'm a, I'm both. Right. And to see the rise in my premiums with no explanation, but not get the rise in pay year after same, year, right? For the same note, they'd use the same argument in both sides of the equation. I'm going, that makes no sense. Right. And 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 you just to understand more and more how we can get out there and help people directly. And there's there's a myriad of ways. And I, I you know, I applaud a lot of the therapists that are taking this into their own hands and directly contracting with individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's an even greater opportunity to provide that relief to companies as well. And, you know, for those that are looking, I mean, we, you know, we have solutions and, and can help guide people along that path. Cool. That's great. Um, you're making me, I, I was remembering getting those, both those letters, you know, back to back a week apart. The evil providers are charging so much more. So we got to raise your premiums. Oh, we can't collect enough. So we have to slash what we're paying you. And yeah, you put them side by side from the same payer. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, anyway. Um, so what other thoughts? Anything you want to leave us with, leave the owners with? Um, you know, I, again, I, you know, it, it uh, in spite of what we see, in spite of what we read, um, there's tremendous optimism to make a difference right now um, if you're in the healthcare arena. And there are a lot of people that are not being talked about, that are doing direct contracting, that are helping to lower healthcare costs by, and the, and the providers are actually making more money, but they're making more money by cutting out waste. And for the business owner, out there, you know, if, if you run a very efficient widget making shop, I can guarantee you that if you can apply some of that same logic to healthcare um, and lower those costs, you're going to see a tremendous return. And not only that, you're going to help the, the very employees that are your greatest asset and help them be more comfortable and feel better, which is gonna help them perform better. Um, And if you're helping your employees perform better and feel better, what a great recruitment tool, what a great retention tool, what a great great culture to be in, uh, you know, for, for an employee and an employer, everybody's on the same page. Right, no, that's awesome, thank you so much. This has been great, Tim. I appreciate it. Really appreciate your time and the wisdom. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's great to catch up with you. And uh, hopefully that uh, jogs a few uh, few items off for your, for your listeners. And, uh, you know, we can go, uh, go make a difference out there. Definitely. Thanks so much. You bet. Thank you. Thank you for listening.